In the 1980s, in the movie Wall Street, Gordon Gecko said that greed is good. Now, are we saying that guilt is good? Hello, listeners, and welcome to the podcast Squeezing the Orange of Social Science, a podcast co-hosted by myself, comedian Akin Omobitan, and Professor Dan Cable. On each episode, the two of us pick apart, peer-reviewed, and publish social science papers, and we squeeze them for their best bits so that you, the listeners, and now viewers as well, what's up, YouTube, don't have to sift through pages and pages of academic literature, what's up, Dan. Hello, Akin. How are you doing hey, today? Hey, hey, Man, I'll tell you what, my head is hot. <laughs> like, this paper... <laughs> my, this, my head is steaming from, from reading this. Like, oh gosh, I cannot wait to, like, to offload all of this stuff. And how I'm are you, I'm wondering, do you feel more shameful, embarrassed, or guilty? I might be a psychopath. I don't think I've ever felt shame or guilt in my life. Wow. <laughs> Good. Well, in this exciting paper, um, and it is a long and exciting paper, uh, it's funny because it takes this concept that I used to think was a bad one, um, you know, uh, being a Reformed Catholic and all. Guilt is quite a motivator. I understand that. But I always kind of saw it as a bad thing. And in this one, um, what they're talking a lot about is how guilt is, a, in a sense, a positive emotion because while it feels bad, it kind of helps out with society and motivation an awful lot. And the title of today's paper is called May the Best Man Lose, Guilt Inhibits Competitive Motivation. And uh, this one's written by uh, Uriel Haran. Anything you can say Uriel? about this one? Yeah, go, go Uriel. Yeah. And this is published in the Organizational Behavior and Human Decision Processes Journal. Have you heard about that one, Akin? I'll tell you what, Dan, I definitely have not. <laughs> <laughs> you don't keep that beside your bed at all. Is, <laughs> it is not on my bookshelf. No. It is. <laughs> so what, you know, what was your initial take on guilt? Like, before kind of wading into the science of this thing... How are you thinking about the concept of guilt? Like, did you think it was like good for competition or irrelevant? Or what were you thinking, Akin? It immediately kind of like kicked in. Like, this is one of those papers where even from the intro, I'm like, oh, I get this and I get the importance of it. It was just like an immediate connection. And this is through having known a number of individuals who their competitive drive seems somewhat lacking because they do not like to see other people lose. Yep. And so even before things get spicy, like I'm, I'm like a real spicy individual. Like I'll compete over who can eat the most jalapenos. <laughs> like I'm just always down. I'm like, what's the name of the game? I'm throwing my hat in the ring. And I know other people who, even if it's like a, you know, a family friendly game of Monopoly, I know there's no such thing as a family friendly game of Monopoly, but I'm just always down for the beef. And so when I was getting into the intro to this and how this, this idea of how guilt makes people less competitive and not necessarily less competitive, but it's, it's how it manipulates, how the emotion of guilt manipulates the drive to be competitive. It, yeah, I needed to correct that there, Dan. Well, I really like the way you said that because as I was reading, I also got this... <laughs> It's really funny feeling that our bodies are manipulating our minds often. And there's these like emotions that our bodies make us feel that like feel pretty bad, but they're good for us somehow. And they're like good for the species. So like I was thinking a lot about fear and how like when you experience fear, it's not positive because it, it's shocking and it kind of like drives you and it makes you not think right and all this stuff. But like 
that's helpful for our species. That's helpful for our physical survival kind of. And the way you just said that, which is like, we're, we're kind of manipulated by our emotions, but in a way that serves us. Like they went through in this um, introduction, all this great research about how guilt is virtue. It's a virtue that promotes like these positive outcomes, like work intensity, work commitment, achieving goals. It's unpleasant, but it's when you feel that you violated a standard or like you harmed other people. So these are all these like really positive outcomes of feeling guilt but like normal people, I don't think would call it a good thing. And so no. that's part of what I love about the science is like deconstructing what these emotions really do, not just how they feel, but what they do. Hey, and that's why I, I kind of like goofed around at the intro about never feeling kind of like guilt or shame. Like, I guess like that's the kind of goofy element there about like, you know, the, the psychopathic tendencies, because if you are someone who is able to experience guilt and we're going to really dive into this into this paper if you're someone who's able to experience guilt what it motivates you to do is to rebalance the universe if i want to get cosmic about it what may, what may possibly happen is that you have become aware of how your action has caused an imbalance in like a relationship or in a workplace or, or, you know, just wherever it is, it could be on like public transport. And what that guilt does is it, it drives you to want to rebalance it. So what you have taken out of a situation through maybe like negligence or a mishap or putting your foot in your mouth, guilt now makes you want to correct that error. And in doing so, you're now driven to compete, but you're driving to compete for the benefit of others. And so this is where it gets really interesting. Let's get into study one yes. because <laughs> just before we hop into study one, I want to I want to make sure that listeners and uh, viewers get this part because uh, one of the most clever parts of this paper for me is that they're looking at two ways to motivate human beings. One is this naturally occurring thing called guilt, which is an emotion that our body cooks up for us, and another one is kind of a social system, which is called competition. And that's when we struggle for scarce resources, basically, and only one's going to yeah. walk away with the prize because there's all this research showing that comp competitive goals are also very motivating, like greater engagement, greater efficacy. And this is across like all these different types of, um, <laughs> I guess you should say animals. There's this one great one. It said it's across experimental groups, executives, farm workers, nurses, athletes, race car drivers, and marine animals. <laughs> Right? <laughs> ah, that made me actually laugh. I laughed out loud, Akin, because I thought, how do you sneak marine animals into a, into a psychology paper? <laughs> yeah, someone, someone's got a bit of a, a fascination with them, I bet. Every once in a while, these researchers, they kind of like sneak their true yes, passions. I think so. Golf I really animals. think you're absolutely like, right about that. <laughs> and that's a great so point about um, competition as well, Dan, because I remember reading up about the, the Wright brothers who were the first to kind of like crack aviation. And so this was just like two bros who were doing it for the love and they were competing with some bloke whose name I forget who was doing it to make millions of bucks. And that, that drive between the two to be like, who could do it first? That's essentially like what competition is. Like you, you kind of like, you're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing because there's a goal and there's like a resource or there's like achievement that you want to be the first to reach. And, and yeah, yeah and, and, and guilt, guilt kind of throws a, yes. it throws a spanner in the Marine, let's say. 
what I like about that, so now we're ready, I think, but what, what we've done now, <laughs> I think that's really interesting is we've brought up for the listeners and viewers this two ways of motivating people that can, that can conflict. And that really is the rub. You know, that's what this paper's attention really is. Mm. And so you want to dive into um, study one, like start messing around with that one a little bit and I'll jump in or do you want me to start yeah. off? Or? Yeah, totally. I'll kind of like jump into this from sure. the top. So like um, study one, like what they're looking at is the effects of competition and guilt on achievement. That's essentially what they're they're trying to look at here. So they're trying to see how if you can kind of like administer guilt into a scenario what does that, how does that impact the individual? And so like just off the top listeners, like you guys have been rocking with us for like 40 something episodes. Dan and I love to read this stuff. This one was dense. So just yes. brace yourself for some yes. back and forths. Let's tell them how many us. experiments they're going to be hearing about. Five, five, five dense experiments. Like obviously we're not going to be able to like cover all that, but uh, just, yeah, kind of like brace yourself and we're going to have some fun with it too. This is going to but- be a riot. <laughs> So the first one, what they wanted to do in the first one is they they had a competition and I believe the purpose of this competition was you had to kind of like look at a screen and then for like about three seconds or so, the screen is going to flash some objects and your aim in this is to be able to count the number of objects, but also be able to identify them as well. And if you're able to beat the person that you're competing with, you have a chance of taking more money essentially. And so in order to induce guilt, and I believe that what they did for this first one is they had the, uh, they have like a condition in which a, a half of them, they induce guilt and the other half is just like this normal condition. Yeah, so people but 140 just, people. So not, you yeah. know, not a huge group, but pretty substantial. Yeah. So with the guilt that, uh, sorry, with the guilt, with the group in which they wish to induce guilt. Now they, they do this in like five different ways. So bear with us listeners, but Dan, I believe that in this one, they had them, is it that they had them write about something that would make them feel, no. remind them? This of- one is one where, I mean, this is so weird to impute the guilt here. They had a condition where they said, okay, you, there's this thing you want to buy and you have this awesome coupon but your car's in the shop. So you're going to borrow your friend Jim's car. And while you took the car, you forgot to lock it and uh, it got stolen and you had to call Jim and Jim is very sad. <laughs> As you would be. <laughs> it's a Datsun. I, I think they then wrote a little bit about like how that would make them feel. Um, and then there was a, a neutral condition where everything's the same, but you return the car and get this. Jim lends it to somebody else and it gets stolen and Jim is sad. Now, in either case here, people, Jim is sad. Jim Jim needs to stop sending his car to people that can't be trusted to lock it. Jim cannot catch a break. Oh dear. So, so I guess the idea behind this is you, you induce a state of guilt into the participants. So one, one group, everything's hunky dory. Like, you know, Jim's life sucks, but that's not my problem. Either but way, like, he's lost it, the car. <laughs> yeah. Like, yo, Jim, these are just material <laughs> possessions, man. Like, get over it. Like, <laughs> so you have one, you have one group in which you are responsible for the Jim's car getting broken into. And in the other group, you're not responsible. Jim still has, yes. <laughs> Jim has yes. still got to make an insurance claim, <laughs> which is going to affect his bonus this year. But you're fine. And it's not your fault. So now what they wanted to do is to get these individuals to now participate in this experiment. 
So they want to, to say something. I got to jump go in. Go for here. it. Go okay. for it. It's really an important element. There's two manipulations, and we spent a lot more time on the one than the other. So one of them is whether you're neutral, somebody else steals the car, or uh, the guilt condition, you got the st- car stolen. But then in the other one is you're either going to kind of do this thing individually. You're going to play this game that I can describe where you have to kind of identify the number of objects and you just have like your own goal. It's just you against you. And in the other one, it's like you're paired with somebody and the one who gets the most points gets like the bonus and wins. And so it's kind of um, a much more hot and interpersonal. And so that creates this like two by two scenario. Yes, where, yeah, yes. Okay. And that's really important because what it means is there's going to be this one condition. There's going to be some people, about a fourth of the people, who are not only feeling guilty, but are also head-to-head pitted against an opponent. And that's kind of like where a lot of the action is. Mm, let's get to the action then. What did, okay. the, what did the action reveal okay. then? Well, the action's <laughs> funny. Um, in my opinion, it was a little weird because what they did is they looked at level of effort, not whether or not you like nailed it, like whether or not you got it right, but they looked mm. at like how many times you were refreshing and clicking on the button to like really make the objects clear to you. So it's a little bit different from what I might have expected them to do. But like on average, participants click this button 20 times, almost 21 times. And what they found is in that one condition I was talking about where you've got the guilt and the competition both kind of motivating you at the same time, they found a significant, substantial negative effect on the participation. And these are pretty big swings, to be honest. I mean, in the one, it dropped. So like in the competitive scenario, moving from the neutral group to being in the guilt group, it dropped the clicks by eight, which is like 30 or 33%. So that and those actually, clicks, by the way, just just so yeah. so the clicks is what you're able to do during this experiment is every time you click, it's going to show you the image for three seconds. So each time you click, it's an opportunity for you to identify the image and count yeah. them as well. Yeah. So this yeah. is the, the the super important thing here about competition because they're not trying to record who is better at it. They're trying to record who's more driven, who's like driven. who's That's who's it. who's com- like who is motivated yeah. to compete, not who's yes. better. Some people they just might be really like naturally adept to this, where maybe they just like gather information a lot quicker. But mm-hmm. they want to see like who really wants it, who's double checking, who's being sure, yep. who's sticking at this for for much yes. longer. Persistence. So that, That's it. Yes, the persistence. Yeah. And, what and is, in what, this particular one, they did run some correlations and they showed that those that were more persistent did perform better. But Akin is right on there and saying that wasn't really the point in some ways. Okay, go ahead, Akin. Sorry. Oh, you know what? Like, I guess he always forgets what they got to say. <laughs> like, but no, but this is, this is what's really fascinating in terms of what's happening here is that when you are in a state of guilt, when you are feeling that emotion of guilt, what this is doing is it's having a significantly negative impact on your motivation to compete with others. And this is something that could then land you in terms of like, it can cost you resources like Dan mentioned earlier. And those resources could be like actual things like money, but that resource could also be like the self-esteem of actually completing something or actually pushing yourself to actually achieve. So there's a difference between like, you know, failure can come in several different means, but me personally, the worst failure that I ever experienced is not when I lose, but when I know I just didn't really try that hard. Mm -hmm. 
that's when it really hits me. And just to give like a personal kind of like example as well, Dan and I went um, like bouldering, like that indoor rock climbing thing. We, we did that like about a month or two ago. And on my first attempt, I almost made it to the top, almost made it to the mm-hmm. top, but I looked down mm-hmm. and I was a bit like, gosh, got those shaky legs. You did get shaky and then I legs. looked up again. Yeah, yeah. got the shaky yeah. legs, man, yeah. looked up again. Yeah. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go down. And I went down and when I hit the bottom, I just felt like, man, you know what? I think I would have rather have fallen down than to have asked to come down. And so when it came to like the second attempt in my head, I was like, I'm falling off of this wall before I quit. And we had harnesses. I wasn't going to like break my neck or anything, but like, this is the thing. We were about 40 feet up. Yeah, pretty high. Really was high. um, And it took your breath away a little bit. Mm. And so, yeah, so it's like that, that failure for me in the first attempt, the, the thing that really hit me is that I felt like I cost myself more than the task cost me. And I think like when you're kind of entering situations where guilt is heavy on your mind, it's reducing your ability to push that bit further yeah. and to really want it over someone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know Can I jump in to, there and bring yeah, something please do, up there? Please do. Well, you have brought up something, obviously, that I wasn't expecting, but I am remembering really well. And I want to use it as a segue in the study too. And I don't know the answer to this, but I just want to try it. Um, it's possible that what you felt was shame and that's what study two is all about. Meaning, yeah. if, if I understood this right, guilt has a lot to do with, I did a bad thing. I did a thing that I'm not pleased at. It's just a behavior. It doesn't mean I'm bad. I'm not a bad person, but I did this bad thing. So uh, apparently, that's one of the reasons why guilt leads to all these good outcomes. Is like you can control and change future behavior. If I spilled some wine, I can go fix that and admit it. If I made somebody mad, I can apologize and try to fix the situation. So it's like other focused and change oriented, whereas shame is like a negative view of yourself almost like I'm a bad person or like um, the reason why that's a bad one is it's a very self-focused. It's, it's myopic. It's like inward. And number two is it's not like I can change it. It's just I'm bad. So I thought I would use that as a way to have you think through which one you felt, and then we could use that as a transition into study two. That's such a sweet man. It's almost as if you'd think that we rehearsed these with some of these slick segues, man. But the what they needed to find out in the second one, they were a bit like, well, this could be like, it could be guilt. It could also be shame. So we now need to run a study to see if we can induce have a neutral group who we don't induce anything in them, but then we're also going to have a group in which we're going to induce guilt and we're going to have a group in which we induce shame. And we're going to have a look at what does that do for people's competitive motivation. I'm going to swing back to you then. Yep. So they got 300 people in study two. And in this one, it's what Akin mentioned. They actually had them think of a time in your life where you felt one of these emotions. So like Akin literally would be able to write about, I think what you did, Phil, was um, guilt, by the way. But it's this idea that you felt something, please write about it in detail. Like tell us a lot of details, elaborate on your feelings, blah, blah, blah. They had another one where they had to say, uh, think about a time you felt shame. And then this got really interesting, Akin, Mm. because what they found is normal humans that are not social scientists don't make these distinctions very well. Yes. So like they, they like, they found that 
A lot of people, when told to write about shame, wrote about guilt and vice versa. And so they actually had to do some crazy coding. I mean, thankfully, they could do this, where they had social scientists who were trained in these topics to actually code for them what they really meant. <laughs> Which is super important for totally. the science because you can, totally. if, you're, if you've got these, like these, uh, let's just call them guinea pigs, and you're like, yo, guinea pig, I need you to just do this task. And the guinea for pig doesn't fully. Yeah, for 50 cents. It's not, yeah, I'm not really that motivated to <laughs> pay attention. Sorry, science. Uh, but like what you need is you need the individuals to either fully understand what it what it is that is being asked of them so that you can group them accordingly so now if you have individuals that don't fully understand what is required of them you're still able to group them it just takes a bit more work so they got individuals to write about uh guilt and they got other individuals to write about shame then they got social scientists to read what was written and be a bit like you kind of belong in the guilt group You kind of belong in the shame group. So they were able to now sort them so that they were in the appropriate group so that now when they were tracking their responses to the competition, they know which motivation was primarily impacting their performance. That's it. And then once again, what they had is they had three different conditions now was neutral guilt and shame. But then they also had these two things of whether or not it was a competition um, meaning head to head or an individual yep. task. So they had all that going on. That's a lot going on. And so like, you wouldn't want to read that. This is definitely when you're glad listeners and readers <laughs> that we are squeezing these oranges. <laughs> but so what happens is they read a passage and what they needed to do this is so annoying. It makes my head hurt. They made people count the number of times the letter a appeared in this passage. Yep. <laughs> and so like, there is a right answer and one of you is going to win it. Or if you're not head to head, there is a right answer and either you're going to get close to it or not. And so I think what we can do is jump to the sort of the, the outcome here. On Go average, participants spend almost a full minute per task. It's 59.2 seconds before kind of proceeding to the estimate. So they read the passage and counted and so on. They found that the guilt people were... Uh, those, those and only those in the guilt condition were less persi- persistent, statistically significantly less persistent only when it was a competitive goal. And that's kind of important to point all that out. So out of all that conditions, the pop was when there was a conflict between a competitive competition going on head to head and feeling this guiltiness because you just wrote about a time that you felt guilty. And again, you know, like pretty substantial effects. Interesting. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, this is like a super, 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 super important discovery here because it's, it's really highlighting, like we talk about motivation, we talk about persistence as well. This, this feeling of, of guilt, it's a, it's a, like Dan described it as a virtue. It's a, it's a pro-social kind of thing. The more guilty you feel, the more you want to help others. Yeah. That's, that's a kind of essentially what's going on here. But what's fascinating about this is that the guilt that you feel could have something that's completely unrelated to the situation that you find yourself Absolutely. in. So if I let my yeah. mum down early in the morning, so later on, when I have the opportunity to do something that's for my benefit, 
I'm now not competing as hard because I now don't want to make anyone else feel bad as well. So I'm directly costing myself in situations. My motivation and my persistence is now dropping because mentally I'm at a stage where I know how it feels for someone else to not feel good. So now even in a situation where the purpose of it, the very purpose of it is to compete, there must be a winner, there must be a loser. Guilt is now making me feel like I'm happy to be a loser in this situation just so that someone else doesn't have to feel so bad. That's really interesting. It's getting in the way of the other motivation. And I think it's important um, to hear that shame didn't work this way. So even though a lot of us walk through normal life, kind of thinking guilt and shame are the same, A, they're not, and B, they act differently on us. And that, yes. I think that's really cool. And I think a final thing I'm going to throw out there before we sort of rush along to study three. Hey, Akin, it's like a museum on a bicycle here. You know, it's like... We, <laughs> <laughs> this is a whistle-stop tour, man. Oh, my God. Um, but the last thing I think is important to point out about this one is um, even though they mostly were focused on the motivation, the effort, the persistence, the stamina, they did find in both study one and study two that that persistence and stamina, the trying, did affect how they actually did. So in this one, for example, those in the guilt condition who were in the competitive task, they did actually perform worse. They they found less A's that were there. So that has real implications. Like, for not only how you do in life, but like how companies motivate people if you're thinking about it that way. So anyway, it's a, it's a grand reduction of your cognitive, I guess, kind mm -hmm. of like, it's not mm -hmm. just your, your willingness, but it's your ability as well. So it's not just that the desire now is lacking, the ability now lacks as well. Um, and this is like, this is groovy stuff, man. And just to say a little bit about like, um, like how the shame element works as well, because what guilt is doing is guilt is making you pro-social in the sense that when you're in a state of guilt, it's very motivating in the sense that it's going to make you want to do more for other individuals. Whereas what shame does is shame is more antisocial. Shame kind of makes you more mm -hmm. kind of like withdrawn and want to operate yes. as an individual. So it would make sense that in these situations, someone who feels shame can still feel a bit like, well, I can still work for myself. And sh someone who feels shame might also even see it as an opportunity to feel less bad about themselves. Yeah. 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 But like they don't really go into shame too much. So we won't kind of like go off on too much of a tangent on that. But what we can tangent into is experiment free. My gosh, it just keeps going. <laughs> okay. So on this one, one of the biggest things they did, a lot of it was just a replication in my opinion, where they kind of wanted to show it again with kind of a new setting. That's great. Yep. But one of the coolest things that they did in this one is they looked at this concept called... Um, guilt proneness mm. and proneness is a funny word but it means like going through normal life are some people just more likely to feel guilty than others and are, are some people kind of more motivated by guilt than other people and so they assessed that and they did it in a pretty cool way where they had two phases where like phase one where they manipulated uh, and we'll tell you how they did it but they basically used the same guilt manipulation manipulation as you've already heard uh in the first study you know jim's car so they basically did the jim <laughs> car thing <laughs> so we're back there but then what they did all that they did the same but then on this one they also used a scale a validated scale to get at the extent to which these different people and i'm talking 500 people here in this study 
um, we're prone to feeling guilt. And I don't know what you thought about this, Hacken, but for me, that was very clever because it shows that, yes, you can manipulate it, but you can also look for like naturally occurring guiltness or guiltiness. What did you think about that? I, I, thought it was, I thought it was super cool. And the reason why I thought it was super cool is because I feel like this kind of touches on like um, apprehension. Like, so it's, what it's kind of looking at is even before there has been any conflict, any issue, like nothing's happened. Yep. Nothing's happened yet. There are individuals who their proneness, like their, their, their ability to feel guilt is so sensitive that they're now picking up on the potential that this may cause someone else to lose out. And even and so if you just even, said that right ahead. now, Akin, I find it so interesting how that sounds bad. Like that sounds shitty. <laughs> um, a non-social scientist would listen to what you just said right now and be like, God, what a way to go through your life. That sounds right? horrible. And yet that's the funny thing about our emotions. Our emotions aren't there to make us feel good. They're there to like, become make like selfish genes like in the richard dawkins way it's like yeah this is a survival tool this isn't about you feeling good <laughs> man i'm so glad you said that dan because there's there's people who talk about their unwillingness to kind of like compete and from what i've heard it'll be pitched as in they don't want others to feel bad but i think what they're really saying is that they don't want others to kind of like push them out Mm. So it's a bit like there's, there are some individuals who are very happy to be winners, very happy. They love it. That's their status. They love to stand out. Mm -hmm. They love the attention. They love the victory. They love like, you know, they're willing to risk it. And there's other individuals who maybe like, just to put it bluntly, like they just don't like the attention. They can't stand the pressure. They'd rather be liked than be achievers. And if they are going to, going to achieve, they're more likely going to really push to achieve in areas that benefit others. You kind of, you kind of put yourself in a position where you're kind of, ugh, you're costing yourself a lot of life experience in this regard just to be liked. Mm, tricky mm. one. It's a really yes. tricky one because if you push it in the other direction, you have some individuals that are competitive to a fault where people just don't like them because everything is about them. They want to be number one. They want all of the attention. They want to hog the spotlight. They want all of the spoils. Um, but yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm well, with- pretty interesting. <laughs> I, I also find it's kind of interesting because you said earlier, maybe people that feel shame, this other emotion, not guilt, but shame, maybe they actually are looking for that kind of dominance to fill that hole in their heart of like feeling like a bad person. (laughs) So they're kind of struggling. I don't know that that's not what this paper is on, but it is kind of interesting. Now in this particular study, the study three here, they had a guilt manipulation, but then they also had a shame manipulation. And now we're back to Jim's car. And then this one, it's really awesome because what happens is, um, I don't know if it's Jim's car or not, but what happens is... I know there was a house party in one of these. No, no, that's later. That's for... Oh, that's still the house party still to come. We'll get to the line. And Uh, and this one, it was the one where um, you have the special coupon and you go and you like rush to get in the store and you leave the uh, car in gear and like yes. while you're in there it rolls and it crashes and there's a big crowd and like the car's in a ditch and there's big people and you feel like a terrible driver 
It's so, weird how you can feel like a terrible driver without actually being behind the wheel. Like, I'm such a bad driver that even outside of the vehicle, I'm causing problems for other commuters. <laughs> it is crazy, isn't it? But I only brought that whole thing up because in this third study, they essentially did experiment one all over, but then they brought in this concept of um, shame using that other, you feel like a terrible driver thing. And then they do the same thing again with the objects on the screen and they're able to replicate it. They're able to extend it by looking at shame and they're able to extend it by looking at this guilt proneness because what they found is people that were high guilt proneness, they were, they associated, they gave greater effort to achieve this individual goal. But once you went to the competitive setting, it, it reversed. So it's like, it's a pretty powerful effect because what you're showing is this guilt proneness thing. It really seems to drive people. Like this is why you have, like if you're an employer, hire guilty people because they, they just work harder and they worry more about like, you're just saying companies should just get a bunch of convicts now. ah, I don't know if they feel guilty. They might be psychopaths. They're like, no, I'm glad I killed them. Yeah, I think your CEOs, if you're listening, like when you're doing your next recruitment wave, just get like a pickup truck, go to your local prison and just see who they're letting out. Just like, just fill them up and be like, hey, just jump in the back. I've got sales roles. I've got marketing roles. I'm looking for a head of HR. Do you feel sorry? Yeah, do you? (laughs) If not, I need you to read this little thing about stealing Jim's car. Oh, dear. Uh, anyway, well, we, don't, we don't know where Jim's car kept going now. <laughs> <laughs> Integrated okay, that solution. <laughs> all right. So um, that's all you really need to hear. I mean, I think that as we just keep moving this ball down the path and kicking the can down the road, all you need to hear is replication study one, looking at not manip- just manip- manipulation, but also this naturally occurring personality trait called guilt proneness replicating the effects and showing that shame doesn't do the same thing. Totally. And just to kind of jump in uh, once again as well, it's very important to know that when, when these individuals, so regarding guilt, if it's just about them, if it's like an individual goal, guilt, people who feel a, a tendency for guilt, they're fine. They'll yeah. operate oh, yeah, they, they just do as great. They, they, they do great even. Yes. They're totally fine. Yeah. This is it's important just to clarify, but it's when yeah. it comes time to compete this is where they they kind of fall apart. Yeah, they, yeah, they it kind of really does fall apart for them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, experiment four and five. If I had to kind of cluster them together, um, they do this cool thing called moderation of process, and that probably isn't something most listeners or viewers need to care about. To be honest, it's a big deal in the sense that. It helps establish the validity of what you're trying to demonstrate because rather than measuring the moderator, you're building it into the experimental design. You're sort of like weaving the expected interaction right into the experiment itself. And so we'll tell you about these, but essentially what it looked like in these is rather than having like an individual one and then a competition, what they're doing is saying like, we'll make them both a competition, but one will like be a winner takes all. And the other one, nobody has to lose. Just because it's a competition and it's head-to-head, that doesn't necessarily mean somebody has to lose. So there's different ways that they did that in four and five. But in both cases, in my opinion, they're not adding a lot of new insight now. What they're adding is our ability to believe the results that you've already heard about. 
Akin, what what did you get out of four and five? I think I think for myself the the benefit of four and five. I don't yeah, like you're saying that. I don't think it's necessarily in, in uh, what's the word insights. I feel like it's okay. So now that we understand this, what can we do toward correcting it? And so this is very important for for listeners who've been hearing Dan and I laugh about how <laughs> how people who are prone highly prone to guilt are punk ass bitches. <laughs> And you've been offended this entire time. Bear with us. There's good news. There is great news, in fact. The great news is that this can be resolved. It's, it kind of comes down to framing. Yes, like, I was way. reading this and I was a bit like, what you need to do in situations is you need to frame it. If you're someone who's highly prone to guilt... And when you, if you, and you might not even think to yourself, I'm not prone to guilt, but what you can ask yourself is how do I feel about competition? And if you don't like competition because you feel like, oh no, someone's got to lose, you're kind of in this highly prone to guilt stage. And what you need to do is you now need to start rethinking what the objective is. So here's one tool that you can do is that you need to take that pro-social element of your thinking. So let's say, for example, you're competing with your family at, you know, Monopoly. And you're thinking to yourself, I really hate competing. It's not really that fun. Someone's got to lose. What you could tell yourself is, if I win at Monopoly, I'm going to treat everyone to drinks. Because now you're in a situation where you're like, one, I can compete really hard. But also, if I do win, I can now give something to everyone. And if I lose, it's fine because I'm really not that interested in all of the, I'm a victor kind of thing. So um, can I really like kind of like a scrubby version. But sorry, no, yeah, it's go a ahead, great man. version that really, really works for me because number one, I can is basically just describe the upshot of study five because that's really what they did. It's like, if you win, if, you know, whoever wins, they're going to give half the stuff to charity anyway. And that's all you really need to hear about study five in a way. Yes, yep. it's a competition, but to be honest, whoever wins is given half of it to charity. And in that condition, the guilt people who were, you know, kind of like manipulated into feeling guilty, they did great. They, 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 it, like it changed the game for them. And so that's wonderful. And to be honest, the reason why I don't have to say much more about that is they basically went back and did the sort of same, you know, kind of study one again. Um, but in this one, it was like they had to drag that marker. There was like a physical ruler that you had to be very yep. diligent in pulling across. Um, but other than that, it's kind of the same thing. And um, I think that like Akin has already told the most important thing that the best was guilt. Who did the very best out of everybody at all was the people that were guilty. They felt guilty, but they got to donate their winnings. And actually, it was this huge jump. Like, uh, basically, it was how far you were from the actual measurement on this ruler thing. And it was like from 70 to 87 was the jump for the people in the guilt condition who could donate the winnings. So I really like, Akin, that you brought that up because it kind of cut right to the chase of why all is not lost. And in fact, you can like turn the lemons into lemonade and it seems to be a great motivator that helps you win. It helps people run marathons. I've, I've had so many people update their Facebook page and they're a bit like, Hey, I'm running this marathon for this cause. And if you guys could donate, I will give this. No one wants to run a marathon, man. Like if you want to run a marathon, go to go run a marathon. Like you don't need a day for it. Like every day is a day to run a marathon. But I imagine the people who are doing it and they're raising money that they, they have that additional motivation because they're like, now I can kind of like, you know, friendly compete. 
in terms of, you know, it's not literally a race, but even though it is a race, but they also feel like my actions now are going to have a, a pro-social kind of like impact where there is possibly like a charity or something, you know, that is going to benefit from my actions. And Great. if we, you mentioned kind of like, you know, how this can be of use to employers as well. You don't only want a bunch of people who feel guilty. Like you don't just want them to be working for you because when it's time to compete for like business against like another company or another have a department they're not really going to have the minerals so you kind of need to give them the motivation which is to say if we can crush this other company at this thing what we can also do is now go to like this animal shelter and we can rescue like seven puppies then all of a sudden your team are going to be like yo let's take them to the cleaners yeah, it's pretty interesting, actually, to think about that. And it's because this is such a social psychological study, I didn't spend as much time even thinking about the organizational implications. But I think that is really a good one. I think it's also a pretty interesting one to think about this notion of hiring guilt-prone people because they essentially, there's this huge list of things that they're good at, but they're much more cooperative. They're much more willing to help other people in terms of these citizenship behaviors. It's like, there's a lot of really positive things that comes out of it from that organizational lens. And I think, um, Akin, since we have kind of broadened and because we're probably so far into our, uh, our show at this point, let's just go ahead and put the, the hold on study four because they essentially used yet another methodology of in, like in, inflicting guilt on people. Dan, I had, I had I had long, long since forgot about yeah, that. You've already judged I was, I was yeah. so over Good. it. Good. Good. <laughs> Okay, so what would you say in terms of like, um, I think uh, we probably have done a pretty good job of covering the waterfront of this study. I want to say that I was really impressed with it. I want to say that while Akin and I sort of mock complain, because it is a lot of orange squeezing we're doing, there's a lot of pulp to chew through on this one. It is an extremely well done study. And as Akin said, it starts off so beautifully broad, like starting with like how the Greeks viewed competition as an outlet for virtues. And in that sense, victory was like a sign of divine favor. It started like a big hourglass, nice and broad, like yeah. study. And it got in really tight with five really like hard hitting studies that you basically yes. can't argue with. And then it kind of broadens out toward the end. So, uh, overall, I'm just thrilled that we got to share this with you, you listeners and you viewers. And I hope that if you dug it, maybe share it with one person. If totally. not, just you're going to feel really guilty if you don't help. <laughs> yeah, for, for every for every person that you share this with, listeners, Dan and I are going to adopt a kitten. So <laughs> gets to sharing. <laughs> Listeners, thank you very much for rocking with Squeezing the Orange. I'm Akin, I'm a bitter, and and, uh, I'm joined every week by Professor Dan Cable. Uh, We are on YouTube, we're on Spotify, we're on, what else? We're on iTunes, we're on all of your podcast apps as well. You guys know this because you're already listening. So in short, what we're saying is, if you see us tweet about it, hit retweet. If you see us uh, LinkedIn about it, hit share. If you know someone who you think could benefit from this, give it to them as well. If you're on iTunes, there's a, an option where you can review us and we'd love it if you drop a five-star review with a comment as well. And yeah, this is like, we're, we're enjoying doing this. We're here every week. We have ourselves a good time and we're all too happy to squeeze the orange of social science for you guys. Anything else you want to say, Dan, before we dip? Thank you, Akin. I really appreciate it. It's really fun today. <laughs> <laughs>